All right, guys, this is episode three of the Executive Recruiter. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Today, we're going to uh, cover the end-to-end recruitment cycle. All right, so we're going to be touching on all the various aspects of the recruitment cycle and what that looks like from getting candidates to um, staying in touch with them after the placement here, okay? Um, so we're going to go ahead and cover that. And uh, typically, there's usually a, a song or a break um, or a tune-in song at this point, but we're just not there yet in our podcast. So we're just going to dive right in and, and touch on some of these points here, okay? So, um, all right. So first and foremost, you know, what I want to just kind of lay out, um, if you're just tuning in and you haven't heard any of the previous episodes, which is fine because they're all beta episodes, if you will, kind of just testing the ground and, um, and, and really trying to refine the process, refine my thoughts and, and really, um, see where this executive recruiter podcast is going. So, um, I believe, you know, I've, I've got a good structure in place so far to kind of take us day by day for the next couple of days, um, at, at the very least. And then hopefully we can start bringing in some account managers to kind of get their input and then maybe some other recruiters who've been doing this for a while. And then hopefully at some point we'll bring in some hiring managers as well. So we can get a, a really, uh, uh, you know, a key dynamic into this podcast to, to really get an insight as to um, all the, the moving pieces in the recruitment cycle, okay? So the reason why I started this is I'm very passionate about recruiting. I don't know why I fell into it. It drives me insane, just as it does for anyone else. I'm on my second year of recruiting. I'm an executive recruiter for a, uh, a recruitment firm called Crawford Thomas. Um, we specialize in anything we can make our money on, right? Anything we can touch uh, and make money on is that's what we specialize in. Okay, so sales, accounting, IT. Um, I mean, foremans and construction workers. Anything, we will work it if you want to pay us to do it. Um, so I started off my career in technical recruiting, then moved into executive recruiting, and so now I'm doing this podcast to make my me a better recruiter, and then hopefully in in you know in turn help others become better recruiters at their craft and then hopefully you know we can all just kind of refine this podcast and then it could be everyone's podcast essentially you know and i'll do less of the speaking and more of just questions and we'll just bring in awesome fucking people to uh you know talk about recruiting and so we can all get better at this so uh, just bear with us, you know, we're kind of ironing out the kinks here as we start this podcast, but uh, we're going to get somewhere soon here. So, all right, we're going to dive right in. I was rambling there for a second. I apologize. Now, first step in the recruitment cycle. Well, let's just touch on all of them. So first is actually getting the, the, the candidates, right? Um, it's actually, you know, or excuse me, getting the mandates is what they call it. So basically is, you know, the job orders from the client. Uh, so you get the job order, great. And then what's next is sourcing um, uh, cover uh, resumes, essentially. And then screening these, uh, these ca- candidates. And then finally uh, sharing with, with the client these, these candidates. Um, and then scheduling an interview, and then taking feedback from clients, offering reference check, follow up candidate till he joins, because there's always that possibility that he can fall off. Too many times it's happened to me, 
and then finally being in touch with the candidate on a regular basis not only for them just to make it through the 90-day probationary period but also um, for you to you know network and then hopefully pull that guy out of the company in one or two years and make money off of him again in the near future so um, all of these things are part of the end-to-end recruitment cycle so what I want to dive in here is um, the, the first couple of points here is getting mandates, which is basically getting the job orders um, and then the sourcing of the, the candidates, right, and to how to find it. So typically um, the way it works in our system here is all of our clients are incoming leads, right, and the incoming leads um, are through marketing, various marketing sources. Um, and what we do here is we actually do a background check on each of the, the companies that come in because there's a lot of big and small companies that come in and um, some, of, you know, some of these companies aren't you know, legitimate companies. There might just be mom and pop shops or uh, some kid in a basement who you know, made a few thousand bucks and now he thinks he's in business and, and wants to you know, employ people. So. Um, typically what our, what our company does here is they, um, do a background check or, or a credit check essentially just to ensure that, uh, the company pays its bills on time and, you know, is, is, is a legitimate company, right? So we don't waste our times as, as recruiters because we don't get paid until the candidates last for 90 days. And then at that point, you know, we're in the clear. Um, so, you know, that being the case, we always have to make sure that, uh, the clients that we work on, um, or work with, um, are legitimate because recruiters aren't cheap. I'll tell you that much because it's one of those businesses that will drive you a little bit nuts. So essentially what happens first and foremost, um, is you get a client that comes in. And then, uh, you know, the client comes in and says, hey, we got a job. Let's say it's an accounting manager position with a, you know, a accounting firm based out of San Antonio, Texas. Um, and, you know, we're willing to pay, they're willing to pay, let's say, $70,000 and it's a 20% fee. The 20% fee is typically um, the average market, you know, markup for a, a placement fee. It's 20%. It fluctuates between 15 to 20%. Some, you know, recruitment firms like ourselves we we give them discounts but um for uh, for the most part it's 20 percent it's typically that's where it should stay if you're a fairly you know small to medium-sized firm you should stay at 20 percent to, to make your make ends meet here so you get the you you get the you, you get the the job order essentially and then you kind of just read through the job description you see the details obviously hiring managers they love to do is put a laundry list of um, requirements right they they have a wish list right it's Christmas time and they think you know the recruiters are are here to deliver their Santa Claus say hey, recruiters this is what they do for a living they can find this candidate <laughs> realistically there's probably like three out of the ten requirements that we find and, and those are usually the, the top three requirements. Like, what are the top three requirements that are needed for you to at least speak to this candidate? It's typically like, hey, he has to have experience in accounting. Oh, the obvious. All right. How many years? At least seven. Okay, great. He has to be CPA certified. 
Boom. Okay, second requirement. As long as he's CPA certified, at least seven years of experience, great. And then what else? He has to be coming from one of the top five accounting firms. All right, well, that's fine. That makes it easy. Line that. If we've got those bare minimum requirements, then we've got a shot. So we've got that. All right, the location. All right, okay, so we've got a $70,000 base salary, which is eh, fairly decent for an accounting manager in this market. Uh, but a little bit difficult if you're trying to get them from the top five accounting firms um, in the nation. But uh, that's why we're recruiters. We don't just find candidates. We sell them the jobs. Tell them why. Sell them all the key points, right? So essentially, you know, you've got to understand the, the job. The more important thing about this is understanding the company because that's the selling point at the end of the day, right? You have to sell the company um, to the candidate. Most of these candidates, now mind you, the, I think the unemployment rate right now in the United States is like somewhere below 3%. It's like the lowest it's, it's been in decades. Um, so recruiting candidates is not easy these days simply because everyone's hiring and everyone's paying, everyone's making money. We're just in a booming market, right? Um, so it's not easy. So what, what do you want to do first and foremost when you get a, a new job order is you want to understand the company and understand the dynamics. What are the key selling points? What do they offer? Now, mind you, they're not Google. They're not LinkedIn. They're not Facebook. So they're not going to offer free lunch and, you know, insane benefits with crazy sign on, you know, $10,000 bonuses and all these crazy things. So you have to think, what do they offer in terms of the job duties? Maybe they might offer some flexibility or they might offer, I don't know, um, let's say you get to you know, wear jeans on Fridays. Who knows? That could be a key selling point because accounting, accounting individuals wear like suit and ties all day, every day. Um, so, you know, that being the case, you have to understand the, the key dynamic, not to mention you need to look at their pictures online and see the types of people that actually work there. Cause remember the number one thing that, um, you know, a candidate or excuse me, a client is going to be looking for other than the job requirements is do they fit culturally and sexism, racism, and looks all aside at the end of the day are they going to get along with these people can they be friends with their colleagues you know or are they just going to be on a on a different planet just kind of like hey you know some surfer dude that went you know to the account management side and he's just kind of got this like really laid back like feel about him really long hair um you know not to say that's bad or anything but typically doesn't fit the accounting manager profile, right? Um, so that being said, you have to really understand the individual as a person and as a culture um, in order for you to have you know, a winning shot at, at getting someone in um, and hired. So understanding the key dynamics, what types of people are these, you know, are these individuals? What kind of, what makes them tick? You can see, are they you know, you know, are they diversified individuals or um, everyone's an equal opportunity employer, let's be honest. But at the end of the day, there is a, still a culture. There's a type of personality that fits well. Um, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't about culture, then everyone would be hired at any point at any time. 
Um, but uh, the smaller the office, the smaller the company, the more important it is to have culture. And then the bigger it gets, then it starts to get diversified in all kinds of ways. So I'm not here to talk about equal opportunity and the different dynamics into that. So, you know, that's all aside. I'm not trying to, you know, disregard any of that. So please, you know, don't think I'm, I'm going down that route. I'm simply saying it's culture, you know, is it, do they have the right personality type? Um, because, you know, accounting individuals, let's say, for instance, are very refined individuals. They think accordingly and, um, you know, they have a, a very different mindset, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and so they want to make sure that they, they work and get along with the people that um, they're sitting next to. Because you spend more time with the people you work with than you do your own family or your own best friends, you know, you spend 40, if not 50, if not 60 hours per week with, you know, the people that you work alongside with. So it's important. It's important to understand the company dynamic and where they're coming from and what they like, okay? So, um, you know, that being said, you got to understand the, the website. you got to understand the company as a whole. Um, and then you really got to, you know, just kind of hone in on, on what they're going to look for uh, aside from these top three requirements. Obviously, there's going to be a couple other things like, you know, great personality. They're going to say, hey, you know, make sure that they have some Oracle, you know, ATS, you know, software system experience and then, you know, some other, you know, one off um, requirement. But... Um, you know, at the end of the day, just stick to the three and you should be fine. Anyways, um, so understanding the company, obviously understanding the background and then understanding the culture in order for you to find the right candidate. I've seen it too many times before, and I've only done this for two years, mind you, is that I find the perfect candidate, top three requirements. I mean, and some with all a couple other requirements that they had on there. Um, and they simply pass on him. They, they tell us, wow, he's a great fit. I mean, yeah, he's got great skills. We like that. We just don't think he's a culture fit. Like, wow. So you're saying, I'd rather not get the job done so long as I can get along with this guy and party with him. But you know what? I'm sorry. I can't party. I don't see myself partying with him and grabbing a beer, uh, even though you can get the job done. So we're going to go ahead and pass. Too many times before. It's basically what the hiring manager was telling me. Um, so too many times it's happened, it comes down to culture. Will they fit culturally? Um, and so, you know, it's a huge, huge thing to, to always, you know, think about before you even dive into sourcing, because you can find the perfect candidate and you must understand that even if you find them, you're still going to submit them. You're still going to submit somebody, even if you don't feel they're a culture fit, but if they get rejected, you'll know why at the end of the day. Or if you submit that candidate, you'll know you'll still need to submit more candidates because there's a high probability, there's a high chance that this individual is not a culture fit. As great as he is, he might not be a culture fit. So that's one thing that you need to understand before you even start sourcing. And the reason being is you have to have the, the right mindset and the right expectations as you start to dive in. Okay. So all that being said is understand the company, right? Understand the job description and the requirements. And then obviously, you know, do, do your homework so you know how to sell the company. What are the key things about the company that you can sell? Because you remember, you're, you're talking to passive candidates, people who aren't looking, but you're like, hey, I sent you a message. Here's an opportunity. You're like, hey, you triggered some interest. 
You might have just caught them on a good day and they're like, all right. That being said, it's your job to sell as a recruiter. So recruiters, we're salespeople. We just sell people to people, not products to people. So think of it that way. Mind you, you have to know the client, you have to know the culture, and you have to understand the job description to make sure that you're not wasting your time. There's so many candidates out there. There are 7 billion people out in this world. You need to ensure that um, you know, you're doing the right things here um, in order for you to have a winning shot to save money, save time, and at the end of the day, get the right placement in the door and done, okay? Um, and so, you know, as we're diving into this next, uh, this next episode, uh, I just want to wrap up with it for first 48 drill. Okay. It's one of the things, um, that, uh, that I was trained that your likelihood of finding somebody, um, is heavily increased within the, the first 48 hours of the job being released. Okay. Um, so just remember that you have 48 hours. You have about, there's a 60% chance that you will find somebody, the right candidate within the first 48 hours. And then after the first 48, it drops down significantly, significantly to about 10 to 20%, um, roughly. Okay. So these are just rough numbers here. Um, I don't know where the other 20% goes, but <laughs> just kind of keep that in your, you know, in, in, in hindsight and, and think about that, look it up and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's around those lines here. So your, your highest chance of finding somebody is within the first 48 hours. Okay. So if they're understanding the job, go, you got 48 hours. Um, so we'll leave it off at there at that. You know, I think this was a good discussion. Um, I still don't have a link and I don't have, um, an email address that I've placed on there, but we will soon. So if you have questions, concerns, if you'd like to talk more about it, um, about, you know, any of the things that we talk about, then you can reach out to me. So just, you know, um, stand by and we do appreciate your time here. So, uh, the next episode, we're going to talk about sourcing for these candidates. Okay. So sourcing now for uh, the client that we now understand and have a good grasp on here, okay? All right, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. We appreciate everyone's time and feedback. Take care.